Give me your candy. Ah! Ryan! Why do you look like a zombie? Um, we have our office Halloween party today. Why aren't you dressed up? Oh no! I totally forgot I didn't bring a costume. Uh-oh. Dumbledore won't let you into the party without one. No butter beer or peppermint toads for anyone without a costume. Pete, that is an awesome Dumbledore costume. I know nothing of this peach you speak of. All right, Pam. If you start the show, I'll help you figure out a costume. I'm Ryan Willard. Ugh, I'm Pamela Kirkland. It's Wednesday, October 26th. And this is the Halloween episode of The 10 News. <laughs> 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Pamela, what if you take this carved pumpkin and put it on your head? You can be Pumpkinhead Pamela. Ugh, no way. I hate the slimy, seedy stuff inside pumpkins. What? That's the most fun part of carving a pumpkin. Getting your hands covered in pumpkin guts. No thank you. I think we need a 10 News correspondent to give you the facts about how gross pumpkins can be. Lane Farber, take it away. Happy fall, y'all. Halloween is just around the corner, and you know what that means. Time for candy, costumes, and spooky decorations. But all the freaky fun of Halloween takes some serious preparation. To be ready for the big night, you've probably spent all month crafting costumes, shopping for candy, and picking pumpkins to place on the porch. But there's no such thing as being too prepared for Halloween, right? No way! Well, the droopy jack-o'-lantern you put out on October 1st begs to differ. A stinking pile of pumpkin goo, not enough evidence? Disgusting! How about a word from the pumpkin experts at the Old Farmer's Almanac, the U.S.'s oldest continually running periodical? Their official decree? Leave the jack-o'-lantern for last. (gasps) But why? Well, pumpkins start to get funky within three to seven days of being cut. This is due to the fascinating yet foul-smelling phenomenon of decomposition, a.k.a. rot. Ah. Rotting is when animal or plant material breaks down because of bacteria or fungi. Ever found unidentifiable fuzzy leftovers in the fridge or a squishy piece of fruit on the counter? Then you, my friend, have witnessed rot. (coughs) Rot is super common. In fact, all organic material eventually rots. But there are certain things that speed up the decomposition process. Some of the biggest contributors are air, temperature, and physical damage. So when you carve that snaggletooth smile into your pumpkin, you're speeding up the decomposition process by a lot. This is because you've damaged the pumpkin's protective peel. Fruits and vegetables are all coated in protective outer layers that keep in moisture and keep out air and harmful bacteria. Pierce the peel and you speed up the putrefaction. No, 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 no! So do yourself and your jack-o'-lantern a favor and wait to carve until the last second. Ew, thanks, Lane. Uh, Okay, that's pretty gross, but this is a fresh pumpkin, perfect for carving. Well, I'll hold the outside while you carve. Yes, thanks, Pamela. Yo, Pete, I mean, Dumbledore, where you at, my guy? 
I think Pete stepped out to go on a zombie run. What is a zombie run and why wasn't I invited? I'm coming, Pete! <laughs> I hope you catch him, Rye. Let's go to our editor, Pete Musto, who stopped by the Hyattsville zombie run to learn what's going on. Every year, on a cold, clear morning in mid-October, just outside our nation's capital, the dead walk the earth. Actually, I think they prefer the term undead, so... The undead walk the earth. Though I guess most of them are really doing more of a light jog. Anyways, it's the annual Hyattsville, Maryland zombie run. That's right, on October 15th, hundreds of rotting corpses took part in the annual tradition that started in 2016, which includes a one-kilometer family run, one-mile kids challenge, and a 5K for shambling horrors of all ages. There were also local businesses selling food and drinks, music, and even face painting. When I went to check out the event, it was pretty clear to me that most of the people there weren't rapidly decomposing brain-hungry monsters. They were kids and grown-ups from all over the area, dressed up in costume. There were, of course, some folks who looked like they had been chewed on a little bit. Um, I think I'm more of a victim. I saw this guy who, Wait, has, who like has like a zipper. Hands. Who oh, has yeah. a zipper. Oh, yeah, he had face. like a zipper and it was opening and then like it looked like blood was coming out of it. And I met a doctor who fell in the line of duty. So I'm an ER doctor on the front lines of the zombie apocalypse. I get bit and then someone tries to kill me on their way out of the hospital, but they don't do a good job because they just got the tip of the axe in the head. But honestly, most of the costumes weren't too spooky. I even saw one woman dressed as a taco. Some are scary, most Some of them are like, really scary. Yeah, most of them are funny, but it's kind of scary. The Hyattsville Zombie Run is organized by the Hyattsville Elementary School Parent Teachers Association. PTA president Lauren Volanovic told me that the group had wanted to find a way to bring their community together and raise money to support their school. And tying it all into the Halloween spirit with everyone's love of zombies seemed like a fun idea. The PTA lives and dies by this fundraiser. Like, we can do so much um, with the money we got from it. The event raises tens of thousands of dollars, she says, which goes to schools all over the area. And this year saw a record of over a thousand people participating in the races. Lauren adds that parents and staff at Hyattsville Elementary School are super aware of the national teacher shortage going on. So they use the money they raise to make sure everyone at the school feels as happy and supported as possible. We do things like staff appreciation. So like, you know, events for our teacher appreciation week. We do welcome back breakfast. We give all their classroom teachers uh, stipends at the beginning of the year. So... You know, all the materials that teachers often have to use their own money for, we, we, the PTA gives them money for that. Zombie run fever is spreading like wildfire across the country these days. In October alone, there have been similar events in Iowa, Pennsylvania, New York, and Texas, to name a few. And they're often fundraisers for local charities or other causes. For Amy Martinez-Sanchez, who works as a community school coordinator for Riverdale Elementary School, not far from Hyattsville, the best thing about the zombie run is the unique way it builds connections between all her neighbors. We're 
really community-based and we love for our kids to also engage with the community and see the value and just coming together. Thank you, Pete. What a great cause. Oh, if you see Ryan, tell him we need him back ASAP. One thing I love about Halloween is ghost stories. Hauntings are fascinating and a little scary. 10 News correspondent Ryan Nurse investigated the most haunted places in America. This won't be too scary, right? Don't worry, Ryan. Question. Do you believe in ghosts? Me too. And we're not alone. Nearly half of Americans believe in ghosts, which may be why America is chock full of not just haunted houses, but haunted pretty much everything. So for all you ghost story lovers out there, here's a spooky little history of America's most haunted places. In the year of our Lord 1909, F.O. and Flora Stanley opened a super creepy hotel nestled way out in the mountainous wilderness of Colorado. They loved their weird hotel so much, they decided to never, ever leave. What? After the couple died, according to the totally freaked out staff of the Stanley Hotel, Mrs. Stanley's ghost would play her piano late at night and Mr. Stanley kept showing up in the background of people's photos. Guests complained about bags being unpacked, lights blinking on and off, and children's laughter echoing through the hallways. <laughs> Which begs the question, why would you ever book a room at the Stanley Hotel? Yeah! Well, if you're the world's most famous horror novelist, that's an easy question. When Stephen King stayed there with his wife and son for one night in 1974, they were the only guests. That night, King had a nightmare that his three-year-old son was being chased through the hallways by a fire hose. He woke up drenched in sweat and frantically jotted down the idea for his best-selling novel turned horror film, The Shining, which I gotta admit, pretty much scarred me for life. Well, if you want permanent psychological damage, you can not only still stay at the hotel, but also watch the movie over and over and over. That's because guest bedrooms have a channel where The Shining plays on a 24-hour loop. Uh, help? Sounds like torture, right? But if you want actual torture, look no further than the Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. When this terrifying castle-like prison was built in 1829, it took solitary confinement to a whole new level. Prisoners lived alone, ate alone, and exercised alone. When an inmate left his cell, they always covered his head with a hood so he couldn't see or be seen. But the inmate's ghosts got their revenge, turning the prison into a haunted compound of horrors. Former guards and visitors have reported disembodied laughter, shadowy figures lurking around the cell blocks, and the pacing footsteps of ghostly guards. Airports can kind of feel like prisons, what with all the flight delays, but there's one airport that can be particularly traumatizing. 
Honolulu International Airport has its own resident ghost, known as the Lady in Waiting. She's a blonde spirit in a white dress who shows up in the off-limits areas of the airport. The story goes that the Lady in Waiting fell in love with a man who promised to marry her, but he abandoned her at the gate, and she's been waiting for him ever since. <laughs> Beyond the sight of her floating through the back corridors, the lady-in-waiting also haunts the bathrooms. Travelers have reported paper rolls that unravel on their own and toilets that flush by themselves. But American ghosts don't just sit around flushing toilets. In Chicago, they've taken over the zoo. Are you kidding me? Lions and tigers and ghosts, so am I. As it turns out, where Lincoln Park Zoo now stands used to be the city's cemetery. But in the mid-1800s, most of the cemetery was moved. Notice, I said most. That's because historians have proven that, after the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, thousands of bodies were still buried there. And as we've learned from horror movies, messing with burial grounds is pretty much the easiest way to get haunted. So now, along with the honks of seals, people have reported the moans of ghosts around the Lincoln Park Zoo. But why do we even believe in ghosts? Some experts say it's actually not some dark impulse. Psychologist Christopher French says many people see ghosts as proof that the soul can survive the body's death. And sociologist Margie Kerr says that feeling terror when we know we're safe can give us a special kind of euphoria and even confidence. That's incredible. So go ahead, walk boldly into your creepy basement. Go to that haunted house. It's Halloween, tenors. So get out there and scare the bejesus out of yourself until you scream so hard, it makes you totally crack up. That was too scary. Thanks, Ryan Nurse. Hey, Rye, you forgot your bag of trick-or-treat candy. Maybe I'll just have a few pieces for myself. Welcome to the Trivia Room. Wait, Winnie the Witch? From Hocus Pocus? Yes! Well, actually, it's me, Tessa. Dude, that's an awesome costume. Do I get candy if I get the trivia right? You do, but only if you get the answer right, Ryan. Deal. You know what to do. Hop on up on the trivia throne for today's trivia question. You ready? It's candy time! What is going on here? I love Halloween and all the flavors of fall. But what fall flavoring is almost as old as the United States? Is it A. Candy corn, B. Pumpkin spice, or C. Maple syrup? Tenors, did you guess it? Ryan, what's your answer? I'm going to guess my answer is A, candy corn. The answer is B, pumpkin spice. Sorry, no candy for you, Ryan. In one of the first cookbooks written and published in the U.S. in 1796, Amelia Simmons wrote down a recipe for pumpkin pie that featured a spice blend with nutmeg, ginger, allspice, and mace, which is made from the outer covering of a nutmeg. 
The recipe has barely changed in 200 years and has only grown in popularity. Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Visit the10news.com slash contact to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. Hey, Pamela, sorry I couldn't figure out a costume for you. That's okay. I guess I'll just wait outside. Hey, Cap. Whoa! Are you one of the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus also? I am. Tessa is Winnie, and I'm Mary, the witch that can smell out children. Wait, Pam, where's your costume? I totally forgot about the Halloween party and forgot a costume. Oh, well, you can be Sarah Sanderson, the third witch in Hocus Pocus. Ta-da! Whoa! This is awesome. I guess it's time to party, so we should probably wrap up the show. But first, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Thanks for listening to The 10 News. Our show is now weekly and drops every Wednesday. Did you miss the 10 Things You Need to Know Right Now segment? Well, check out our feed later this week and we will drop it right there for you. And if you want some bonus content, you could join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. Club members get special bonus content and more. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is arguing about candy corn and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Lane Farber, Ryan Nurse, and Pete Musto contributed to this episode. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to The 10 News.